by the time the Merseyside Derby comes around Sunday, I have a feeling we're not going to be in first place anymore. And let me tell you, folks, if that's the case, it's going to be a real dark pot. It's going to get worse. It's going to get dark. It's going to get darker. It's going to get darker because the Champions League second leg will be coming around that first leg being go low either. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck, joined as always by Leland McRae. And Leland, let's go ahead and start with the high school basketball side of things. The Riverheads girls still playing. They're in the Final Four. They go to Surrey. We're recording this on Monday. They go to Surrey tomorrow night, Tuesday night. Um, Probably when you'll be listening to this, they will be playing or have played Surrey and hopefully will be headed on their way to Richmond to face the winner of Perry McClure and Honeaker. Surrey's coming with a strong defense. And from what I've seen, the couple times I've seen Riverheads play this year, they're, they're pretty strong defensively, really strong defensively. In the last game they played in the uh, quarterfinals against West Point, uh, I believe like halfway through the first quarter, West Point hadn't even been able to get a shot off yet. So Riverheads will need that kind of defensive um, effort to keep up with what Surrey has been doing this year. And then uh, reading the article that Patrick Hyde put out about what Riverheads is planning to do against this good defense is just go right at them and, and not try to hold back and not try to, um, you know, be scared. And I like that approach because you know what, they probably are going to get some steals. And it's kind of what I think about, like with the chaos that draft brings on the boys side, I like a team that still comes down, maybe not speeds up, but doesn't hold back either and still plays their normal game and uh, acknowledge that you're, they're probably going to steal the ball a couple times, but play your game, play how you're comfortable and go that way. And that's going to be Riverheads knocking down some outside shots as well as trying to feed the ball down low and uh, get some inside buckets, which is pretty standard basketball. But, you know, they played solid the other night and I was pretty impressed with them. And it kind of got me thinking of maybe they have a shot. I think Surrey is going to be a really good test. And, you know, if they're able to get through that, then they got Perry McClure or Honegger or however you say Honaker. I, I never say it right. Everybody always makes fun of me. Uh I was told Honeaker, so. So Honeaker, so we'll, we'll stick with that. Both of those teams are going to be solid. So it's not an easy ride for Riverheads, but it shouldn't be. It's the state playoffs. There's no more losing and advan- advancing. Not that Riverheads take advantage of that. They won the region. You got to win or go home. And uh, so I think they have a they have their shot. I think they deserve to be there. They have their shot. It's just gonna it's gonna be about execution. Yeah, and you know, like I said, hopefully the girls pull it out and win. Um, you know, I don't. I don't you can't read anything into the 1B, 1A, and they're traveling to 1A because that's just how the VHSL has it set up in this current system. So that doesn't, yeah. there's no seeding factor there. Uh, I think that, you know, you look at Riverheads girls, and I think they have a great chance to win that game and move on to a state championship game. And, you know, that's, that's part of it, right? Just getting to the game and then whatever happens, happens. But they've had a very successful I- season, and I hope it continues. I think it'd be really fun to see them and Perry McClure play in a state final, just with the old Riverheads Perry McClure rivalry that used to exist more so in the seventies and eighties and whatnot, um, especially football, but still just, you know, kind of a town away, you know, just right up 81, right below Lexington, there sits Buena Vista. I think it'd be awesome if that's the outcome. So uh, hopefully while you're listening to this, you know, Riverheads is in it and uh, going to play in the state championship, but either way, a heck of a season, really 
optimizing what their capabilities were this year. And uh, they got some young players and I, and we can wrap them up next week, but they're, they're, you're going to be contending again next year. I, I, I think it's very obvious that they, they have a shot for another region championship last year and a chance to come back to States. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, you know, well, I mean, we've talked about it already. I, I think they've yep. got a good chance to do it. Uh, on the boys' side, they lost a heartbreaker to Surrey uh, on a buzzer beater that Surrey made. <laughs> Literally, as the buzzer was going off, it went down, and Surrey beat Riverheads. That's a tough break for the boys. Um, they you had and to I have fight talked about this. Yeah. yeah, they had to fight back to get to that point. They were down yep. uh, pretty sizably, double digits, I believe, during that game, and came back to to tie the game and then lost in heartbreaking fashion there to Surrey. Still a good season for the boys. Um, you know, you and I have talked about this. It, the region one on the boys side was a bit iffy. You didn't know what you were going to get. They came second in the region. That meant they had to go on the road in the first round of the state tournament in the quarterfinals. And they gave it up. They're all almost got a win there at Surrey and maybe got a rematch against Carver. That would have been nice for them. But Unfortunately, it did not turn out that way, uh, and their season's done for this year, and we'll just have to see what happens next year. They had a lot of youth. Grant Painter will come back. I think if the younger players progress, they will have a better season. I think if they stay stagnant, I think the ceiling is probably right about here. Yeah, I mean, this is where they got last year, right? I mean, they lost in the quarterfinal last year at Lancaster. Um, yeah. I would like to see some size out there that can be a little more forceful underneath. Um, I haven't seen you know, the JV team play, so I don't know if that's coming. But yeah, based on the varsity, I, I that's not either. there. Yeah, and Drew, like Drew Bond is leaving, but you know he wasn't a force inside. He was uh, a taller player that could rebound, and that will be lost. But if you could get a guy that can play inside and really bang around and um, and maybe get some points offensively from underneath, that could be really handy for them. You know, the guy that can clean up a missed layup or, you know, Grant Painter goes flying at the rim and they don't all go in. So a guy that can clean that up would be really handy. Or a guy where you need two points because you haven't made a three-point shot in the last four trips down. Just a guy that you can depend on to get you some buckets, get you 12 points a game the hard way. So I would like to see something like that come along to really make me think they could make that next, next step. But you talk about where they got this year with what they have. And I think they can replace that and get to this point. Like you said, kind of here's the ceiling. I think they can get to this point again and you get Grant Painter another year and, and add another, you know, some other guys with confidence throughout the season. Um, maybe his brother, maybe one of these other guys, you know, that could be really handy and maybe they could win another game uh, in the playoffs. Maybe two, you win two more games you're sitting in Siegel Center. So um, I, I don't know. I, I'm hopeful for that. and But I think you could kind of say that about any of our local teams that finished up this year. If they added this one piece or that one piece, that could really make them go further. I mean, you could say that for draft. You could say it for Lee. You could say it Wilson. Uh, you know, it looked really good earlier in the year. You, you got to wonder if they can add a little bit there and, and really get to where we thought they could have been this year. So um, I think it'll be interesting. And, and, you know, all our boys teams are done, have been done. It's going to be a new district next year where Fort Defiance is coming in with a lot of talent. They're they're on the rise. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch next year because it it won't be uh, the ending is already written by any means. So it'll be fun next year with the new Shenandoah. And the best team in the district's leaving. So 
Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, they are, and that was proven. I know Lehigh won the won the district, but East Rock only lost one game through the whole district. They are the best team. They are. They're still playing. So that's been proven. They're still playing. They're playing. Um, they beat Greensville. They're going to Goochland uh, Tuesday night, and uh, that's going to be a tough game for them. And, yeah. But the same way that I thought that was going to be a tough game when Lehigh had to go play Goochland, I, I think it's going to be a tough game for them too. I watched two different videos that included some Goochland highlights. So it's Goochland at their best. Physically, I didn't see where they would just stand above East Rock. Their bigger guys were not monsters. They weren't big-armed, uh, big-chested kids. So I think East Rock is going to be able to hold their own physically. Now, quickness and guard play, you'll have to see. East Rock has handled a lot of teams throughout the season with good guards. So I think they have a shot. I really do think they have a shot. Hey, by the time you're listening to this, you're going to know the result. But it's going to be a hard task, and I would say this is probably the hardest team they played all season. Yeah, and let's, for the sake of argument, say they get past Goochland, which I think is possible. They then will face their toughest game all year in the state championship with either Gate City, the defending champions, who despite losing Mac McClung are still very good. Uh, Zach Irvin is a very good basketball player. He is going to have a lot to say in that game. He is and a guy he with size, and, but he's back and he's, he's yeah. firing. He yeah. is a guy with size that could have something to say with the Nichols and oh, uh, yeah. the, uh, Jefferson's on East rock. Um, uh, that, I mean, and to, uh, not to anybody from East rock, anybody's mama listening from East rock, not to be mean, Zach Irvin's better than those guys. Yeah. Zach, Zach Irvin is better than Jefferson. And right now, today, or, or next week, whenever they would play, Zach Irvin's better than Nickel. Now, Nickel now, might Nickel have a made, higher ceiling, right. but right now, he's better. Zach Irvin's better. And it's no guarantee that they're going to be playing Gate City because Gate City's playing Radford uh, in a Pulaski County High School gym, which will be sold out at noon on Tuesday when they're playing um, because the gym will already be crowded during school hours, I'm sure. Um, Radford is a team that is built on guard play as well. They are very good. Both of these programs have been to this point year after year now. And I think the winner of that game, I think beats East rock in a state championship. Now, would I be stunned if East rock won a state championship? No, because I think they have the talent and the ability to do so. The question's going to be if they get in a tight game, can they hold it? And I don't know that answer. Hey, I don't either. And, um, Hey, they won a lot of games this year. They've won. Oh, yeah. They won some tighter games through the stretch. Now, they weren't a lot in the district, but, you know, they beat Spotswood once, uh, who was just playing up until this week. And, uh, yeah, they lost that Lee game, but that wasn't even that close. Lee kind of took away with it. So mm-hmm. that it will be a test that they're not common to. I think they're capable. But, yeah, I, I think they have two tough ones. And kind of the same thing I said about Riverheads. I think all four of those teams still in the Final Four are deserving. So it could go any direction, and I wouldn't be shocked by any means. But, we're rooting for East Rock. They're a good team. Fun to watch them. You know, it'd be nice to say we watched another state champion this year, even though we're not calling it. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's move on to the college basketball side of things. Um, UVA comes in ranked number two. They beat Pitt and they beat Syracuse. Ran away with it at the end. Yeah, I mean, they, it was a tight game at halftime and they just took off. Yeah, they'll have Louisville in their season finale, a game that I would expect them to win since they won <sighs> at the Yum Center. Yep. You don't always see UVA like they did against Syracuse kind of kind of pull away from another team. You you often see them just 
kind of grind it out and win by eight, but you know, never get the lead back within six for the other team. Um, it was, it's a good sign for UVA. UVA has not looked super strong in, in some games. Um, and I, I talked to a lot of UVA fans at work and they, they kind of all had a common thing of like, yeah, I'm just looking for them to kind of step up. And I think, you know, getting beat by Duke twice is in their heads, but, but still it, they act like a piece is missing. Um, I think that was a good sign tonight. Cuse is a good team, obviously well coached. So that was a good sign for them. They're going to, they won the regular season, I guess now with that win. Um, but I guess UNC still got to lose, uh, when they play, I think they play Tuesday night, but they're going to win the regular season. They'll be the one seed in the ACC. That's fine. Um, but it's, I think they're going to be going in kind of peaking at the right time. And it might be a second peak. You know, I think they peaked in January and then maybe took a little dip and it looks like they're ascending again. Yeah. No, they, they actually need to win against Louisville to clinch and they need UNC to beat Duke. Um, because otherwise Duke will jump them. No, Duke is two games behind them. Duke is only one game behind them. Duke has like four ACC losses. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. They lost to UNC, they lost to us, and they lost to Florida State. They had... Or no, they didn't even lose to Florida State. Who'd they lose to? They have three... Syracuse. Yeah, they got three. Syracuse, us... And UNC, they have three. UNC, three. Oh, that's I was looking at the wrong thing. I I already projected them to lose to UNC at UNC. Um, okay, so it's still got to get figured out. But UVA is going to be a high seed there. They're in the top four. They're, they're going to double buy. They will that's beat Louisville. Great. Yeah, they'll beat Louisville. Yeah. They'll be they'll be the yeah, one seed. There you go. Um, I think I still think UNC beats Duke, whether Zion plays or not. Um, but that's that's a t- that's a toss up. So. Who yeah, knows? if Zion's back, you'd like I really think Zion will be back for this uh this game that they're playing mm-hmm. on Tuesday night. I really think he'll be back. I think they want to have him back. I think they've just kind of been easy with him here down the stretch, kind of acknowledging, all right, we're gonna be like a two or three in the ACC tournament. That's fine. You make sure you're a hundred percent and then we're gonna go full force and you're you're going the rest of the month. So I think we'll see him back early in the week and then he'll be fully back against UNC. And yeah, that maybe UNC still beats him even if Zion's there. But I neither of a, us would even be a surprise. It wouldn't even be eyebrow No, it's going to be a close if, game. It's not going to be a blowout like the first game. And it, but it wouldn't be eyebrow raising if Zion comes back and and Duke wins. You know, you know, plays well the entire game, wins by a few. That that wouldn't even be any kind of surprise. It's no. just you think UNC would be win at home. But it's, it's going it to come to the way. buzzer. Yeah, that's going to be. That's going to be a good game. Um, either way, I don't think it matters because I don't think UVA loses. So I think they went out, and I think they get the one seed that way. Florida State and Virginia Tech will play each other. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot, Leland. You said you guaranteed in my text. I took a screenshot no, of it. Let, let's let's read the text. You I said you I guarantee. Text. Read the text. Okay, hold on. I got to pull up the, the screenshot. In the meantime, now. this game is going to decide the four or five, uh, the four seed in the ACC tournament because. They're both sitting at four or five right oh. now. The winner is pretty much going <laughs> to lock up the four seed and number five will be the loser. And then they're going to be destined to face each other again on the Thursday of the ACC tournament. This the five seed is going to have to play a game the day before at two o'clock. What's that text say? Yeah, it said they wouldn't lose this weekend, which you're right, because they didn't play. I, that's what, that's I read what the schedule wrong. The I did. With. I, I, <laughs> I uh, read the schedule wrong. So, yeah, they play. 
tomorrow right. night or tonight, if you're listening on Tuesday night, against Florida State. Um, what worries me is uh, on the road in true road games against top 25 teams, Virginia Tech hasn't won and they haven't looked good. That being said, they beat Duke. I didn't think that was possible. So who knows what happens? Um, Florida State is ranked ahead of them in the national poll. So it's a I home game for that. Florida State. Florida State does play well at home. We'll see what happens. If Robinson plays, I think they have a puncher's chance. If He's Robinson doesn't play, He's not playing. You're asking Ahmed Hill and some guys who played the best game of their life at home against Duke in a pumped up atmosphere to do it again on the road. I don't know. Yeah, Buzz said today Robinson's not going to be going. I was really hoping to have him back this game. Uh, but even if we get him back for the Miami game this week, what's the point of playing him against Miami? I want him in the back with the guys before you start ACC tournament. Uh, you just one get a run, maybe not even play deep into the game. If you're winning, pull him out, make sure he's well rested or whatever. But get into a flow of game action with the guys. Uh, that's what I would like to see. If this, if the coaches choose different, okay. I'm not going to really argue yeah. that bad. But that's what I would like as a coach to see my see my core play one more time. Plus, you you still need to win that Miami game. I know Miami's at the bottom of the bracket, but no ACC game is just a given for the Hokies, especially without Robinson. So you need to have them get back into your flow. Hopefully things go well and you win that game. You lock up the four or the five seed, whatever, whatever got decided with you playing Florida state. I was trying to gain confidence on this game. And I think we can win. I, there, I, there's no reason you would just say they're definitely going to lose after they but, beat Duke. No, but yeah, but they haven't won in Tallahassee, the Hokies, since 1990. Mm. That's the last <laughs> time Liverpool like, won a Premier League title, by the way. <laughs> well, I don't think Liverpool's winning any kind of title, but I'd like the Hokies to go there and get a win. I, don't I was six years old the last time they won down there. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to see that happen. It's just so we can kind of continue on a high because we got to be realistic here. We got to have all the confidence we can. And our ceiling is second weekend. You know, we're not going to win. We're not going to a final four a national championship game. I, in any world that I'm dreaming, I want us just to improve and get to that second weekend. Now, if we get to the second weekend, I'll sit here on this podcast and tell you how we're going to a final four, but legitimately being realistic of our goals before the season started, it was second weekend. We have a chance to do that. So we need to be flying high now. If you're a Duke or something, you can hold a guy or you want to start start an ascension during the ACC tournament. We need to be at the top of our game during the ACC tournament and maximize what we can do. Now, I want to ask you a question because you have said multiple times on this podcast, you think we could beat UVA if we played them again. I, I do think we can beat them, so I'm not hesitating about that. I... Well, if we can beat them, why can't we go to a Final Four? Because I think UVA is one of the best four teams in the country right now. Yeah, I think we can beat them in a one-game situation. I'm worried about us winning six or four games in a row to get us to a Final Four. I'm worried about us not stubbing our toe. Okay. I mean, because I've seen us stub our toe. Yeah. What if Robinson gets bumped up again or Blackshear goes down, heaven forbid. I just... Well, if that happens, (laughs) shut it down. We don't have McDonald's All-Americans on, no. you know, come fill in like some other schools do. So I, I'll take what I can get. Hey, like I said, if we get through the second weekend, I'm going to be convinced that we're going to the final four. That I'll admit that now. But I'm just trying to be leveled here before we even get into the postseason of 
hey, what's what's our outlook here? And that's let's get to that second weekend. And that means we need to be just sitting on all cylinders right now. So I think a win against Florida State could show that, and that would be really nice. Okay. I want to beat whatever we do in the ACC tournament or the NCAA tournament, and both of them would be great. Beat a team with a lower number beside their name than than ours. That's what I want to do. I haven't seen our team do that under buzz, so I want to see it happen. Okay. In the in the postseason, ACC now that sounded tournament. slightly negative toward buzz. No, it's just the next step. It's the step. It's okay. the it's where we're going. Because what I was going to say is, I we watched can't get to a Final Four until we beat somebody that's better than us. Sure, but what I was going to say is, I watched Buzz's press conference after Buzz the Duke great. game. Buzz is coach of the year. Yeah, no, he is coach of the year in the ACC. I agree. He's done less, or he's done more with less than anyone in that conference. Um, and this is going to. Well, I'll save it. I'll save it for my other thing. Um, Tennessee, the other college basketball major highlight we want to talk about before we get to conference tournaments, Tennessee rolled Kentucky in a game that kind of made me think maybe Tennessee is for real because I wasn't so sure. And then they came out and they pounded Kentucky and I was like, okay, I think they're good. You know, I've watched them a couple times this year and I, I've always thought they're for real. I actually didn't watch a lot of that Kentucky game. They lost. So it was good to see them rebound that. Um, but, you know, they're going to be around. They're going to be in the round of that tournament. I don't see them exiting early. And, you know, well, somebody's got elite, to. It might be them. Elite eight Saturday and Sunday. Tennessee's going to be there. Mm. And that's where that's where you got to see where it happens from there. <laughs> I want to see the bracket first. I want to well, see the bracket. First. Elite eight. I, I'm not thinking three and four seeds are beating Tennessee or four seeds are beating Tennessee. So <laughs> I'm thinking in the elite eight, they're facing a two or three seed. And, you know, that's that's all I've said is that they'll be in that game. Sure. Win it. So. OK. All um, right. The rest of the we, ACC. We talked tournament, about the ACC. We talked about it. Well, I just think it's cool that that's, oh, the bottom's already locked up. Everybody that's playing on Tuesday is already set. And all those teams are going to lose the second day of the tournament. <laughs> well, let's hope so. Um, moving on, you were going to leave out a lot of in-state schools here in the Commonwealth, so I'm just going to cover them. Uh, let's start. I have this other thing I do during the day called a real job. I, I do thought, too, I but I came home and did it. My yeah. productivity at lunch. I came home and did it. Um, so yeah, you're welcome, Virginia schools. Uh, let's start with the Big South tournament. Radford, a two seed. They were swept by Campbell this year, which would make me a little hesitant about the Highlanders winning that thing. And this is a conference where you need to win it to get in it. Yep. So good luck to Radford. Um, they did it last year. They weren't the one seed last year. Yeah, so they, I'm hope, that's true. Hope lightning can strike twice. UNC Asheville, who was the one seed last year, they dropped all the way to the bottom seed of that tournament. So yeah, but that's they, just seniors. I mean, that's how a lot of these conferences roll. Got the heck out of the way there. But uh, yeah, rooting for the Highlanders always. Two other Virginia schools are in the Big South. They're playing each other. The eight seed Hampton takes on the nine seed Longwood. Let's go Lancers. They're down in Farmville. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hampton, they had that big win in the tournament. They were what, a 15 seed. Yeah, beat, they beat a two seed. I can't was remember. It who it was it Kansas? Maybe. Man, that was awesome. But yeah, that was cool that happened. But yeah, I'll, I'll in the Big South. That's fine. Moving to the CAA, the four seed. The four seed William and Mary takes on the five seed Delaware. They get a first round bye, uh, and then in the first round, because we are just happy to be there, we're going to be playing Towson, hoping to win a game in the CAA tournament, so we can get sacrificed to the one seed. 
I had to laugh a little bit at the Daily News record writers about a week and a half ago because JMU had won a couple games in a row or won three or four or something, and they were actually like trying to convince the Twitter followers. That was Greg uh, Medea, uh, former podcast uh, interview. He was trying to convince everybody that future one. So (laughs) JMU kid. Yeah. Hopefully he comes on again after I make fun of him here, uh, that they were going to be some like in a four seed in the CAA. And, uh, then things fell apart in that game. And then ever since then, and they're down to the eight seed and yeah, they're going to have to beat Towson to win. And then they're going to play the one seed. So not, not hopeful for the Dukes to, uh, I don't even think they're going to beat Towson on a neutral floor, but we'll see. We will see. Uh, Southern Conference, VMI is an eight seed. They'll open up against West Carolina, a team they swept in the season series, and then they'll play a one seed in the Southern Conference, which is Wofford, and Wofford will destroy them. So good luck to VMI. It. Hopefully they win one game. I liked it better when the VMI was in the Big South and they were playing Radford yeah. all the time. I did I too. I missed that. I did too. The Atlantic Sun, Liberty, is the two seed. They've got a great chance. They split the season series with the one seed, Lipscomb. So they actually have a pretty good chance to win that tournament and get to the big dance. Um, so, uh, and they and they're yeah. new to that uh, mm-hmm. conference. They were in the Big South last year mm-hmm. with Radford. They actually faced each other in the Big South championship mm-hmm. game last year, uh, and Radford won it. But uh, Liberty, that was the heated rival of Radford in that Big South. Uh, I went to some of those games, and it's uh, it's amazing what some of those uh, you know good good Liberty good solid Christian folks say during a basketball game about Radford students. There's a, there's a lot of references to, uh, um, diseases that Sinning. get passed along <laughs> <laughs> in a college atmosphere, but Hey, uh, Radford was firing right back with their own comments of their own, including me. So, uh, oh, <laughs> Liberty has a chance to win their conference tournament and Radford does too. And they're not in the same one. So that's good for the state that we can, we can spread the wealth. A I was going to say a lot of chances for, Virginia teams. Uh, Virginia yeah. Tech, UVA are both going to be in the tournament. Radford has a good chance. Liberty has a good chance. Now we're going to get to next week's conference tournaments. The MIAC has Norfolk State. They're going to be the one seed in their conference, so they have a good chance to get in. That's five. ODU probably going to be the one seed in Conference USA. That's six. The A-10 is another conference to look at. VCU is the one seed. They've got a great chance. That would be seven. George Mason's going to be a six. Richmond, an 11 seed in the A-10. Um, yeah, George Mason getting in is going to... They're going to have to win the conference, but they won't. They're going to have to win the conference. So, yeah, uh, and BCU could maybe still get in even though losing that conference. But if they get you, to the conference they championship. They need to get some wins, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, VCU is one of my teams I always just kind of root for. I've never had a Can't. problem with them. I, I know you don't. Uh, I went to one of their games when I was early college, and it was a really good atmosphere in the Seagull Center. So, ever since then, I've kind of rooted for them. Uh, a little bit. And then I really liked what Shaka Smart did with them. Um, I was, you know, I didn't have my own team to root for in the tournament then. So I was always pulling for VCU those, those couple of years when he was there. And uh, yeah, hopefully they come in and get the, get in the tournament one way or the other. Hopefully they can just win the A-10 and, and take care of it that way. I can't root for them or George Mason, both of them former CA schools uh, that used to play JMU. So that hatred's still alive. Richmond was in the CA before I was at JMU. So I never really had that hatred at football. I do, but basketball, I could care less. I'll root for George Mason as much as I can uh, with Justin Kyer no. from Spotswood playing. No. I really, I really liked him as a high school player and I, I it's fun to watch him playing. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of pulling for VCU since they're the higher seed. One and done. Um, let's move on <laughs> to 
Oh, I almost forgot. Let's not forget my neighbors, Robert Morris. Um, they're in the <laughs> Northeast Conference. They're the four seed. They're opening up against St. Francis of Brooklyn, who they swept in two close games. I like their odds, my neighbors. Um, unfortunately, I think that's at a neutral floor, so they won't be playing. I won't be able to see it. You won't be able to open the window and watch them. Yeah. If they that's win, tough. they play St. Francis of Pennsylvania, a team they lost by three both times they played. So who knows? Let's go, neighbors. Let's get into the tournament. <laughs> All right, let's talk some baseball. <laughs> and uh, Bryce Harper finally signed. Yeah, finally, with the Phillies, unfortunately. 13 years, $330 million. Uh, I do expect him to be booed when he goes to D.C. for his first at-bat. Uh, yeah, when they introduce him, he'll be booed. Um, no opt-out, which was weird. It's less money annually. Yeah, he gets the most total money in MLB history and, and team sport history. Um, but... Less annual money than Manny, less annual money than Arenado, who signed just before him. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, Leland. Um, uh, Arenado is the biggest contract yearly ever. Yeah, which good for him. He's good. Yeah, for the Rockies. I mean, there's people who don't know who he is. Yeah, and that's... I I get why that is, because if you don't follow baseball, you're not going to know the name, and you're not going to know the Rockies, but the Rockies were a good team last year. Arenado is a good player. Nolan Arenado at the beginning, when Manny was an Oriole, I put a little bit of black and orange blinders on and refused to believe that anybody could be a better third baseman than Manny Machado. Now that I don't have the Manny Machado blinders on with the Orioles and that no longer affects it, Nolan Arenado might be as good, if not better than Manny, um, just because he plays a really great defense like Manny does, and his offense is just as good and probably better. Uh, I know a lot of people kind of disregard it because they call it the Coors Field bias, the Rocky Mountain bias, but this kid But that's can, where he plays. That's where he plays. And if you look at everyone's home away splits, they're almost everyone's splits are worse on the road. So that gets overhyped a little bit. I think Nolan Arenado is a very good, talented player. He deserves it. Um, Bryce Harper, man, let me tell you, Phillies fans, you better hope he's not a bust because this guy has been up and down roller coaster career. Uh, my worry would be just with how he is, he's got his money now and he hits the coast train. Um, I know Phillies fans are now thinking Mike Trout in two years, Mike Trout is not going to hit free agency. If the LA angels know what's good for him, they are going to go to him and say, fill in the check and he will be an angel for the rest of his productive career because he, like he is the best player in the history of the game. There is no way they are going to let him hit free agency. Yeah. He's going to get like 400 million. That's crazy. Um, I mean, it's all about the overall money and I mean, Harper probably could have gotten more per year going down to eight years or 10 years. Uh, like the Nats offered him, the Dodgers but, offered him 40, Five million per year for five years, and he turned it down. Did you say the Sox did? The Dodgers. The Dodgers did. For Bryce. I missed that. I didn't hear that. I was on Dang Tony's it. podcast today. They talked about it. I missed it. Uh, so, I mean, that's crazy that he turned that down. I really thought he was going to L.A., and I know I said that uh, last week. I, I think we both kind of sensed he was going to L.A. because if he wanted to be a Philly, he'd already been. But I guess it was just those three extra years was the big key. Um for him or maybe one extra year than no a 12 that was being offered opt out. Like if this contract doesn't work out, you just saddled yourself with a big fat albatross of a contract 
there is no way to get rid of him. There's a no, there is a, uh, no, there is a no trade clause, I believe. Um, no opt out. They can't dump him. Um, I don't know what you do. That's craziness to me. You know what's what's crazy to me is that I started looking at these other big contracts that have been written eight to 10 years, high money. And I, I kind of looked at pull Hulse's contract and said, well, that's probably his ceiling. Like if, if he could be as if he could do what pull host did for the angels, that would be the best possible scenario for the Phillies. But I'm looking at that and they're still going to pay pull hosts four more years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's insanity. Like pull host is no good anymore. And they're still paying him $24 million a year to not be good. And that's the best case scenario for Bryce Harper. So you're asking Bryce Harper to be one of the best hitters of all time for the first four years of his contract. And that would be the same as what Pujols did. He's not going to do that. He's going to be nowhere close to that. He is not that player. He's moody. He, he picks his moments. He wants to be in the, in the bright lights, but if the bright lights not shining on him, he might not be performing. I mean, no one else on this list, Giancarlo Stanton, Machado, Arenado, A-Rod, Cabrera, Cano, and Pujols. That's all the big contracts from the last six years. Harper's the worst one of them. Uh, he might be better than Stanton, but yeah. No, I, 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 I would rather be saddled with Stanton than Harper. And I, I'm not a, I'm not super against Harper. Plus, I disagree, but okay. The good thing for the Yankees, though, they can afford him, and they just pay that luxury tax and don't give a crap. Yeah. Big contracts in other sports, NBA. James Harden makes $38 million a year. So that's like 10 more million than anybody on this list over here. Russell Westbrook makes $41 million a year, but those are all like six and five year contracts. Uh, Curry makes 40 a year NFL. They're about in the same area, but they're the quarterbacks. That's the very top $23 million a year for luck. But total uh, money with five year contract, 27 year. Yeah. Total money's not that big and it's not guaranteed and it's not guaranteed, but you, you could think in the uh, that's why I wrote it per uh, um, right, no, right, right, right. I didn't. Uh, but uh, as a quarterback, you have a chance. You have a chance of getting to the end of that contract when you're the face and you're a quarterback. Like Andrew Luck could play for the Colts six more years and it could get run out. They probably renegotiate uh, before the end of that thing. That's what often happens in the NFL. But it's crazy to me too that in the sport that has the you know the most danger. There, there's no there's no hazard pay in the NFL. I mean, they're getting paid generally less than Major League Baseball players and a lot less than NBA players, and they're the ones that their career could end on the next play, and that's the highest rate of any of those sports. That's that's crazy. That's why. It's not crazy because of what you just said. Why would the owners want to make those contracts guaranteed? Because of what you just said. There's the most risk of any sport of them getting hurt. You're not going to make that guaranteed money. It goes back to why did Kyler Murray choose football? <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. He'll be an Arizona Cardinal, it sounds like. Um, it, it makes sense why the NBA has the highest ones. There's five guys on a court for your team yeah. at one time. You can be the face of an organization really easily. You have these superstars, and they one guy can fill arenas better in that sport than any of these other sports. Sure, it's nice to go see Bryce Harper playing on a baseball field. Sure, it's good to go see Andrew Luck playing on a football field. But Allen Iverson filled Philadelphia's arena for how long there? I mean, it's I mean, one star in basketball can – can run it. And that's why it does make sense. They make the most money. Yeah. And look, Nats fans that are, you know, 
on the edge after losing Bryce Harper. Eh. The Nats went into the offseason preparing for life without Bryce. I thought they did a very good job bringing in pieces that filled holes. Um, the bullpen's still not filled, which would be a little worrying for me if I was an Nats fan. But the Phillies, despite getting Bryce Harper and getting Andrew McCutcheon, because, I don't know, he's a person, I guess. Um uh, they did not fill rotation needs, which were big. That rotation is still young and has to grow up a lot for them to win that division, in my opinion. I still think it's the Phillies are definitely in the mix now, but I still predicting today, I would say Braves one, Nats two, Phillies three. Yeah, a lot of people have put the Braves and Nats ahead of them. And even the Mets get a lot of talk, which. No. Maybe I just know too many net Mets fans. This might be a problem. Um, but yeah, it, it third place is kind of what everybody's making fun of them. Like you're not going to the playoffs now. So that'll be interesting. Um, quickly touching on NASCAR, Las Vegas saw Joey Logano win. Paul Menard finished 15th, another top 15 finish. And Leland's favorite driver, Bubba Wallace, 26th, finished two laps down. Two laps behind there. He's running, running a little late. Uh, I watched more of this race than I've watched any of this season. Oh, um, big mistake then. This race well, was kind of boring until the very last lap. Yeah, uh, it, it wasn't the greatest, but yeah, I was watching it. That's that's that was what was going on. And uh, yeah, Logano's good. I do find myself, and and I'm not trying to just jump on a wagon because he won the Daytona 500, but I do root for the root for those Toyotas from Joe Gibbs. I'll accept uh, Bush, but uh, you know Hamlin, I, I like him. I like I don't Hamlin. Have any problem with him, and, that's and whenever they my... play his in race radio or. Any anything with him, the little pre-race stuff they show with him, I like him. Um, I'm not going to say I'm he's my favorite driver, but I have a rooting interest. That's good. I like Hamlin. That's about where my end for the Toyotas goes. I, I like um, the Toyotas. So okay, Phoenix is next. Um, the NFL Combine started. We're not going to talk about it. Yeah, who cares? Tell us on Twitter why we should care about the Combine. Because and we'll when tell I was you in why college, and you could spend a Saturday with a beverage in your hand. Yeah, we'd have the combine on, but since college, I don't know if I've watched a half an hour segment. I don't even pay attention to the guys that are from Virginia Tech in it, and we used to like cheer for those guys running forties. It, I think, it had to do with the forties in our hands. I was gonna say, even in college, I didn't watch the combine. <laughs> it's just useless to me. Yeah, I've never useless. liked watching practice. Tell us on Twitter why we should care about the combine because we don't. And we'll tell you why you're wrong. Okay. Um. All right, Leland, well, let's call that a segment and wrap it up. And when we come back, we'll get personal. <laughs> All right, Leland, it's time to tell the people what we know. Let's start off with what is dominating your life. You know, I wrote this uh, as my idea but when I wasn't sitting at this table knowing that Legos have dominated my life in the past and will continue to. But sure enough, sitting on the table, you and I are on camera, and there is Legos right here in front of me because they're dominating my kid's life, so dominate my feet on the carpet. Uh, but what got Rob, or, or Ron, as he's known on this podcast, <laughs> sent me a link to where they're trying to petition. They have the signatures for this set of Legos that is office. It's the footprint of the office with the characters and their desks and everything. Uh, so I thought that was awesome. 
Uh, I did a digital signature so I could be included on that because uh, I want that to happen. But then also I saw a Lego over the weekend, and I think this was just personally made and not really something issued, but it was like Fenway Park. And it wasn't one of those corny knockoff brands that sells the sports and the stadiums. It was like to scale Boston Red Sox, Fenway Park with the green monster and everything. And I know neither of, of us are Boston fans, but that's like the coolest looking stadium. You know, it looks different. It has the big wall and, and all that. It's a really cool looking stadium. So I really respected uh, that someone went to the effort and made that. I made a baseball stadium when I was like in high school and I still think part of it are still together because I worked so long on it. Now it wasn't a replica, but it was, uh, it was just a baseball stadium. And yes, that was high school that I was doing that in. I am married and, and had girlfriends at that time, but, and married since, but yes, I was building Legos in high school, but uh, yeah, dominate my life. Legos have been my whole life. will continue to, but I'll send the links out for those, those cool Lego things I saw recently. Hey, I love that you built a stadium and it wasn't a copy of anything. It was an original idea. I love it. That sounds cool. Um, now let's take I finally a have gotten your respect. Yeah. Now <laughs> let's take a turn. Um, this week we'll start the second leg of the champions league, but before I get to the champions league, the intro hinted at it because I kind of had a feeling despite earlier this year, very uncharacteristically and Leela may not even believe me. I actually believed Liverpool was going to win the league. The last nine matches. Yeah. yeah, The last nine matches we have dropped 11 points, which means we are now a point behind Manchester city which you're probably thinking, well, Joe, you're just a point behind. There's nine matches left. What are you worried about? Well, Manchester City got 100 points last year. Not very common. Um, they're a juggernaut, and now we're behind the juggernaut, and we have to hope that our hated rival, Manchester United, can somehow force at least a draw against Manchester City, And which, by the way, then we have to win out, which we have looked like the opposite of that. Uh, and now we have the Champions League in front of us. So to me, it's Champions League or bust now because I think despite only being a point behind, I think Manchester City is just too good and I don't think we have been consistent enough. We're trending in the wrong direction. Mohamed Salah, I love the guy, but he looks lost on the pitch. Sadio Mane has not been consistent enough and I just, I don't know. Our midfield is not doing what they need to do. Uh, watching the game Sunday was actually infuriating because it, we didn't even look like we knew what we were doing. Passes were all over the place going out of bounds, silly turnovers, very uncharacteristic, and we just didn't look good. But in, in the soccer news that I do care about, okay. Virginia Tech beat UVA in spring soccer. And so oh, the take Commonwealth that, Derby, yeah. Take that, Jeff Wright. And um, uh, <laughs> uh, Lee Soccer is getting going, so I'm excited about that. This is where I'll be able to provide some soccer talk. Didn't soccer get played already? I thought yeah, we talked their fall about season's the real season, but they have a spring. They they play a s- spring run of games okay. in the in college, but the, okay. the high school season gets going for real. That's what I'll talk about is the high school season. Sure. Um, moving to the Champions League second legs, uh, you might remember I picked Real Madrid to beat Ajax. They're up two one. They have a home game. They will win that game. They will advance. I said Dortmund was going to beat Tottenham. Eh, maybe not. They're down 3-0. They have to win by three games just to force, or three goals and get a shutout just to force extra time. They're probably not going to do that. Tottenham will advance. Uh, Roma leads Porto. I did pick Porto. I still think Porto wins that fixture, meaning they have to win one to nothing or win by two. I think they'll be okay. So Um, a fixture is like a group? A fixture is a matchup. 
So okay. there's two legs in a fixture in the Champions League. Ah, I gotcha. That's why they call it something different. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, PSG leads Manchester United, which I didn't think was going to happen. They're going to PSG, Paris Saint-Germain, and they will win 2 nothing. They're ahead. They will beat Man United in advance. Man City's up 3-2 on Schalke. They'll advance because, as I said, they're a juggernaut. Juventus is at home. They trail 2-0. I still think, despite trailing 2-0, I still think Juventus, who has Cristiano Ronaldo, the best player in the world, uh, second best player in the world, to Leo Messi, I still think they find a way to win that fixture in advance, despite entering it down two. Barcelona is nil-nil with Leon, and I oh, gun to my head, Barcelona wins, but... Would not what if be I surprised. came over there with a gun? What, 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 yeah, what would you say? If Barcelona. I'm over your apartment with a gun. Barcelona wins. That being <laughs> said, I wouldn't be surprised if the trigger gets pulled. Um, hey, 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 if I came over there with a gun, that would make this soccer talk a lot more exciting for me. And <laughs> last but certainly not least, Liverpool's fixture against Bayern Munich. They were nil-nil at Anfield. They need to just score a goal. <laughs> if we can score a goal... Early in that game, I will feel so much better about life and soccer in general. Oh my gosh, just score a goal. Because here's the thing, Leland, we can tie them as long as we don't tie them 0-0 and we win. We can win or we can tie as long as it's not 0-0 and we advance on away goals. That's all I'm asking, Liverpool. Get, get to the next round and let's hope we draw Porto or Maybe if Atletico Madrid gets there, maybe them. Or even Tottenham. I'd play Tottenham. I don't think they're that good. I've been rooting against your team just to give you crap. That's disgusting. But if it's going to make your life better, then then maybe I should be rooting (sighs) for your team. This podcast would be a lot more sunny and positive. And the Orioles still play baseball. You'll you'll bring us back down. No, the Orioles have no expectations. Which brings me to my next point. What I know that you need to know. So I listen to the podcast. I listen to our podcast every week, try to pick out things that you have said or I have said that are inaccurate or proven wrong later in the week and change them or bring them back up on the next episode. So I, you said, and we talked about it, and we even made an intro for it um, that you sent me this week about my dislike of Waffle House and Denny's and Burger King and just my general realistic viewpoint on my teams, and I don't slap blinders on every time and try to convince myself that my team is somehow going to win a championship of some kind. Um, I've done that this episode. I know you have. <laughs> and so that is where we're going now. Do I sometimes look at the darker side of reality? Yes. I don't think it's as bad as you are trying to make it out. I think I am more realistic than you. And you and I had a very lengthy debate <laughs> or two we debates don't have to get into that one, this but... weekend. And we won't go into the details of it. But. I even said to you, and the part I will talk about it is sometimes when you're talking about teams that you root for, you lose your objectivity when you're talking about them. Um, Exhibit A, Virginia Tech football. And I was guilty of it at the beginning of the year. But after the ODU game, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, we may have a problem here. And you were like, oh, it's just one bad game. We're fine. And as the season went on and I said, I don't think we're going to win this game on Saturday. You were like, oh, you're just saying that. We're fine. It's at home. I think we're going to win because it's at home. And then they would go on to lose and look utterly miserable in the second half. 
and you were doubting my questions of Fuente. And then at the end of the year, you finally came around and were like, huh, maybe you're onto something here. And so that's my point. Look, Buzz Williams proved me wrong. I love Buzz Williams. I think Buzz Williams is the greatest coach Virginia Tech has had in any of their athletic programs, period. Um, I think, including Frank Beamer. Um, I think that guy loves Virginia Tech. I think he loves his job. I think he loves those kids on his team. I don't get that from Fuente, um, which is why I don't think Fuente we'll see what happens this year. If he wins eight or nine games, I'll give him a break. But if he only wins seven games, Leland Fuente is losing the little bit of hope I have for him to keep this program going in the right direction or turn it around because it's going in the wrong direction. If we're being frank with each other. Um, And so he needs to win eight or nine games or he's lost me. I think that's a realistic viewpoint. I'm going to ask you what you think here in a second as I continue. Um, I will never be the person who bags on high school kids or bags on little league teams or that kind of level. College gets a little different because at that point, especially in the sports that we talk about the most, football and basketball, these kids are getting stuff paid for their scholarships and stuff. So I do think at that point, it's okay to criticize them a little bit. Um, and especially the coaches of that and then pros, I will never ever sugarcoat it. If I think my team is going to get smoked, I'm going to tell you they're going to get smoked. And usually it, most experts will agree with me that they're going to get smoked when I say it. Um, the Orioles this year are going to be last place in the division. Fact. The Baltimore Ravens have a running back as their quarterback. Fact. Not good. The San Diego Chargers figured him out in the span of three weeks. Not exciting. Um, let's see. Who else? Oh, Liverpool's falling off the face of the earth right now as we speak, and it's terrifying to me. And that's the team I had hope in. The Capitals are good. I think the Capitals, I don't think they'll win a Stanley Cup again, but I think that's just because it's really hard to repeat in the NHL. They could. I just don't think it'll happen. Um, the Wizards are bad, period. I think that's all my pro teams. I don't know. If I left someone out, I'm sorry. You're probably not worth it. Um, going to the restaurant business, I am not going to celebrate mediocrity. Waffle House isn't even mediocrity. Denny's oh, is not terrible. good. It's Denny's, terrible. Denny's what is terrible. What am I terrible. saying different than it's terrible? Burger King is awful. Well, you were like, oh my gosh, you're so negative about all these. All you do is blast these restaurants. Yeah, because I, I they're bad. I had an issue bad. with you holding IHOP on some kind of pedestal over I, Denny's. I ate like, at IHOP this weekend, and it was not breakfast food, and I did not enjoy it. Um, I learned my lesson. IHOP, IHOP, the International House of Burgers. Did you get a burger? I got chicken. It was awful. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's a place that I do believe that chicken could have been running around back and then it got on your plate. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> Only get breakfast food at IHOP. Get the omelets. You won't be dissatisfied. I have never had a bad omelet there. I'm also going to be honest about IHOP. I The only not... reason you dislike it is because I like it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I have not eaten at IHOP for years and years and years. It's just never been one convenient for me and i've never made it uh appointment mandatory that i gotta yeah. go you and i 
visited an IHOP on the way back from the state championship games of basketball last year, and it was a pretty terrible uh, visit to an uh, any kind of establishment. It wasn't and great. So that does paint my view of IHOP. But I have will say without that in mind, that easily could have been a Denny's and at least easily could have had the same experience because IHOP and Denny's are like the same deal. Like it's the same level there. IHOP is not. I refuse to accept that notion. No, it, it no doubt is. You just have to accept that. You can hate Burger King. That's fine. You were just going on a rant that night and, and we were having a good time and I, I, I was ripping you for it. 10 you, chicken nuggets for a dollar 49 means they're not chicken. Oh, they're, they're pretty rough too. I've had them. <laughs> I, here's what I want to ask I'm you. Not, I'm not afraid of spending my money at a poor, poor restaurant. Apparently, uh, I do it all the time. No, I won't. Um, I won't support bad. Um, here's the questions I want to ask you. First and foremost, I I was wrong about Buzz. I admit it. Are you going to admit you had unrealistic expectations about this football season longer than I did? I am the one that slowed you down when you said if Virginia Tech beats Florida state. We're going to go to the national championship. <laughs> okay. You down on that. So fair, but maybe, maybe in general, you, uh, you offer some more ob- objectivity, but you also, you go on these big swings. You go from terrible to great to terrible in my defense. And I stay a little more. I'm not sitting here saying our basketball team is going to win a national championship. Neither are you, but I'm not going to that crazy level for basketball. You're saying you think they're going to beat UVA. I I think there's no hope. We could, I think we could in the ACC tournament and I'll stand by that. We beat Duke a week ago. I think we can beat UVA in a game in the ACC tournament. I think we can. I think it's physically possible. We lost by six to them at home. We lost six to them and shot three for 27. So that's my answer to that question. I also want to slide in here. If we go back and review everything we say wrong, these podcasts are going to be three hours and no one's going to listen again because we're we're both wrong all the time. And I'm usually wrong because I was too positive. And sometimes you're wrong because you're too negative. I enjoy the way I'm a fan. It makes me happy. It's who I am. And honestly, our podcast is probably better that you're not just like me in that, where we're both sitting here thinking, oh, yeah, tech's great, tech's great. Oh, what happened? I get that. The reason I think tech wasn't going to be terrible after the ODU loss, because they beat Florida State two weeks before or the week before, and I I was drinking enough Kool-Aid that I thought Florida State was decent and we were good. So that one blip, hey, where have I seen this before? Oh, the year we lost to JMU. Well, you know what we did the year we lost to JMU? We went on and played in the Orange Bowl. We finished like 11-3 and three and won the ACC. So, like, I thought we could rebound in that way. I thought our culture of our football program could produce similar results that I had seen in the past. It did not happen that way. Things got off, got crazy. The wheels came off. We ne- nearly didn't make a bowl game. I haven't seen us be that bad a bunch of times before. We've had a bad stretch. I thought we were coming out of it. And all of a sudden, the wheel jerked to the right, and we started going back down again. I, I, I was wrong. I don't know what to say, but I was happier having optimism in September and not being like you saying, dig a freaking grave for myself. Yeah, dig a grave for the program because that's where it's going to be. Um, yeah, I guess the difference was, and like you, when we beat Florida State and the way we beat them, the way they were ranked at the beginning of the year, that's sure. what made me believe no one on our schedule is that good. We're going to coast, and if we get to the ACC championship, we almost beat Clemson two years ago, maybe we can beat them. Maybe we get to a national championship. I'm going to believe it. And That's the game. That Clemson game, when you talk about blinders, 
Clemson last year. Oh, I year slapped home, him on so hard. That was the game I that had blinders the worst. I really thought we were going to win that game. Like I, I was too. just convinced we were going to win that game. When I went to Notre Dame game this year at Tech, I did not have that feeling. I thought it was a good pregame, and I was jacked up. I was hoping, but no. But that Clemson game two years ago, that was the time I probably fell the furthest from but my see, blinders. Unlike you, I didn't still think Florida State was good. After the ODU loss and seeing what Florida State had done their other two weeks, I was like, okay, we Houston, yeah, was, we may have a problem. I was, it was October before I thought Florida state was terrible and then dang, they were, but yeah, it was, it was, it's hard. It's hard to see something one way so much for so long and just be convinced otherwise, especially when the pieces look pretty good. Is seven and five good enough for you with Justin Fuente and our schedule? Keep in mind, we play two FCS teams. It's not good enough. I'm not going to want to fire him, but he will be on a hot seat from then on. You're, you're just a step ahead of me on all this stuff with Fuente. You're a step ahead of me of where I'm willing to go with it. And I'm not a guy that's quick to call for a coach's job. And I'm, I like to have, I mean, Frank Beamer would have been easily fired by you at the beginning of his stint. So I'm okay with guys working things out and, and I'm not just tied to three years and then you've got to. You know, it's got to be, but I, I want to see how everything goes and I'm not going to say I, I won't put somebody on the hot seat or I won't have lost confidence, but if we go seven and five this year, we maintain our bowl eligibility. If there's reason to believe we're going to be better, I'm not going to put, I'm not going to be calling for his job. See, I don't think seven and five is better. I think this schedule is worse than last year's schedule. And that's why I say, if you don't win eight or nine, you're not yeah, better. Seven and five is the same as last year. Yep. You're not getting better and you got to go. Be- and I hear what Virginia Tech fans are going to say. It depends who we start say. a quarterback for, for me to – it's too much. I can't just – If that kid from Oregon plays, so help me God, I will rip my hair out. <coughs> if him I've or seen, Ryan I've Willis seen two plays – videos in play. I don't know how great he is. If, if him or Ryan Willis plays, I will scream. Okay. I also don't think Justin Fuente, going back to a point I was making earlier, I don't think Justin Fuente loves the kids – on this team as much as Buzz Williams does. I think Buzz Williams is absolutely about this, his program and loves this school. I don't think Justin Fuente does. I I hear Justin Fuente throw his players under the bus more than any coach in Virginia Tech history. And it bothers me because the people he throws under the bus are players that are doing good. When Hazleton's out there having a great game against Notre Dame and he looks like the only person on offense who has any business on the field, what's he say? Oh, I wish he would practice harder. I wish he would not show up to practice because maybe he would win a Heisman Trophy then because whatever you're telling him is wrong because you're just not I like him good. To catch, a, catch a football. But. He's and, and this goes back to the other thing. I hear Virginia Tech fans, what they're probably saying right now, well, if they lose, who are you? Or if you fire Fuente, who are you going to get? Are you telling me if we went to Les Miles and said, hey, we I want you want at Virginia Les Tech. Miles. Why don't you want Les Miles? Because he wins games. I don't want Les Miles. He comes with too much baggage. He's he's too much down there. And too much baggage. I'm what not, baggage? I'm not anxious to have a high level SEC coach come into Virginia Tech and <laughs> potentially get us with reprimands with the kind of behavior that they have down there. Well, what what trouble did LSU ever get in with Les Miles? I I don't know, and I don't want to know, and I don't want to experience it. There I don't was want none. There was none. I don't want Les Miles. I don't want any of these. I don't, yeah, I hate I, playing in a national I'm championship. Really that hesitant. would be so dumb. I'm really hesitant about that. I don't want Les Miles. I, I like I like person. barely skating into a bowl game. I hate having hopes and I maybe getting to a national championship. I think he's a star, and I think Les Miles thinks he's a star. Good. 
if you can get Les Miles to come to Blacksburg, Fuente doesn't even get... want the press to talk to him ever. Les uh, Miles probably... Fuente doesn't look like he wants to coach the way he's coaching right now. Okay. I, I don't, me and you are just not seeing eye to eye on Fuente. That's fine. I really hope you're wrong. I hope I'm wrong too, because it means Virginia Tech is good. That's what yeah. I want at the end of the day. And this is where you and I be differ, right? Because if you, you look on the positive, <laughs> as you were saying earlier, you look at the positive side of it. And if you're right, you're right there. You're positive. I go in with lower expectations. And if I'm proved wrong, the enjoyment level goes up for me. But if they don't perform, I don't hit that low because that's where my bar is. I've I've set the bar lower than you, so which is surprising to me why I think eight or nine wins is good enough, and you're sitting there going, "No, seven and five is good enough." That that no, surprises me. I didn't me. say seven and five is good enough, and I I I am going to come off that uh, when you reminded me of the two FCS teams, and I thought about that. Seven and five is the same as last year. So if we improve by a game from last year. So it would take eight and four. Well, if you go six and six, you don't go go to a bowl game if two of those yes, wins are FCS yes. teams. Yeah. You reminded me of something. Eight and four is what it takes to be one game better. Mm-hmm. So I it, we need to be eight and four for me to be con, any kind of content. That's yeah. the way to say it, I guess. And and we need to be looking better. But you're gonna at some point this I mean, you've already saying fire Fuente now, just depending on what quarterback he chooses. Yep. I'm just not going to be there with you, but I'm willing to admit there could be a hot seat situation or I've lost confidence situation and it's time to put up or shut up right now situation. I'm just not right there with you and I'm not going to be. No. Okay. Um, Any other questions on my, no, because I was so long winded. I will now let you, uh, I will cede the floor to you, Leland. (laughs) What do you know that we need to know? What was cool that happened last weekend in college softball, it was a homer cycle. And I never even thought about this occurrence (laughs) happening because it's impossible, much much less seeing it. But this girl will post the video. She hit a solo home run, a two run home run, a three run run home run and a grand slam. The four run home run all in one game in four consecutive bat bats. I think it was within the first three innings of the ball game. So I, I don't think they had to play too much longer after that. Really incredible. I don't even know if on a video game I've achieved such a feat. Because, sure, I've played on a video game where I've hit four or five home runs with uh, somebody awesome. Sammy Sosa in uh, triple, or not triple play, MVP baseball, like, 04. Mm-hmm. But I, you have to have a lot go the right way to have the right people on base to make all this happen. And that's why this cycle is actually a lot easier than this home run cycle because that's just you – getting around the bases. It's not about coming to the plate with a certain uh, situation in front of you. So really cool to see that happen in life. And uh, it's now my standard uh, for crazy stats Uh, in fantasy baseball this year. We're going to have to figure out if, if someone has a Homer cycle, you just win the year. If one of your players gets a Homer cycle, the season's over. That person won. Okay. One, it's not going to (laughs) happen. Two. What if it did? did? (sighs) Okay then I'll be wrong. Um, but it, you're right. This, I hope people will take the time to watch the video because you will probably never see this again in your lifetime. Because and like you said, this is an NCAA college softball game. This isn't little league. This right. isn't some crazy league. This is NCAA baseball. Now this isn't Auburn versus UCLA. It's South Carolina. Still, 
it, it's a real game. Yeah, the girl goes to South Carolina. She goes to a real school that plays softball. Yeah. Um, but it's not just an individual feat, like you were saying with the cycle, where it's you can control that to a certain extent. Um, the home run cycle is totally out of your control because you have to have people on base and you have to have the right number of people on base in the right at bats for this to even be possible. So really special and congrats to her. I mean, wow. Once, once in a generation, once in a lifetime for sure. Yeah. Really cool. So I'll post that link and, uh, that will be cool to watch. So wrapping up today's episode, I do want to let everybody know we're definitely going to have the tourney bracket challenge, hoping to get a lot of people involved, especially people that have been involved with the show before. But anybody listening, welcome to get on the um, get on there and show us how you make better NCAA basketball picks. I watch a lot of basketball. I can't recall ever winning a bracket pool like it's just Are it's we gonna, hard. We're going to invite the winner on, right? The winner, yeah, the winner can have an interview. If it's you or I, that's not as great a thing, but we're going to get y'all involved. People oh, if I win, it could get entertaining if I win. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Maybe you'll be happy about something. Um, so uh, it's already created. The group is already created, but I will send out invites to some of you, and then the rest of you next week I will post exactly what you have to type in. Uh, or is that next week? The week, when it, you have to do it. Two weeks from now, I guess. Um, I, we will let you know exactly what you have to type in to get into our group join it it's a it's a one bracket pool you can't fill out four different brackets inside our pool but uh it, we're gonna just compete that way and we'll talk about it those three weeks of the tournament and see who can win and who gets bragging rights on the show and between you and i who wins and uh it'll be fun and so uh make sure you're looking out for that make sure you follow us on twitter so you don't miss that announcement or every week when we post our podcast follow us interact with us we always look forward to hearing from you and we'll be back next week with more of your augusta county sports you've been listening to yak sports your augusta county sports podcast